Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Today, it is really a huge privilege for me to be encouraging us in our giving. When the Titanic set sail in 1912, it was declared to be unsinkable because it was constructed using a new technology. The ship's hull was divided into 16 watertight compartments. It was believed that up to four of these compartments could be damaged or even flooded and that the ship would still stay afloat. Tragically, the Titanic sank on the 15th of April, 1912 at 2.20 a.m. 1,513 people lost their lives that day. At the time, they believed that five of the watertight compartments had been ruptured in the collision with the iceberg. However, on the 1st of September 1985, when the wreck of the Titanic was found lying upright on the ocean floor, there was no sign of the long gash that was previously thought to have ripped through the ship's hull. They discovered that only one compartment was damaged and that it affected all the rest. Many people make this titanic mistake with their giving and they think that this one compartment of their lives will not affect the rest of the compartments of their lives. But this is not true because our giving is not an isolated watertight compartment of our lives. Our giving affects so much. It affects our thankfulness. It affects our joy. It affects those who are far from God. It affects the church. It affects the poor. It affects God's blessings in our own lives. It affects our harvests, our hearts, our eternities, and also our trust in God. We can't afford to make this titanic mistake of living compartmentalized lives. We would be foolish to think that our giving doesn't affect anything else. And we would be wise to realize that our giving flows into the rest of our lives. Psalm 18 verse 25 says, To the faithful, you, God, show yourself faithful. And to those with integrity, you show integrity. One of the definitions of integrity is being whole and undivided. Our giving is part of our wholeness and it affects so many of the compartments of our lives. Today, I am asking you to give of your finances because our giving affects so many of the areas of our lives and it is not an isolated compartment. Also, our giving plays a part in making us an integrated whole. When giving today, please select which campus you would like to give towards, either Edenvale or Boxburg, and make use of the bank details seen on your screen or the SnapScan codes. Let's pray together as we use this opportunity to give today. Father God, I thank you that we understand that our giving is part of our integrity, that our giving is not an isolated thing that we do, but it's part of who we are. As we give today, would you bless us? In your name we pray this. Amen. Church, we're so glad and so privileged to have Pastor Trevor Coleman joining us today to share an incredible word with us. Pastor Trevor is the lead pastor of Bridge Church in Elberton, along with his wife, Pastor Nikki, and they have two great kids, Timmy 
and Paige. Pastor Trevor is a gifted church builder. He's built a vibrant and dynamic church that really is making a significant difference to their community. He's an extraordinary leader, a very gifted communicator, and a wonderful friend to Pastor Ken and I and all of us here at Thrive Church. So hey, Thrive Church, won't you please join me in welcoming Pastor Trevor Coleman as he shares with us today. Hi there, Thrive Church. What a great privilege to be with you today. And, uh, and I'm so excited to be sharing God's Word because it is such an honor to be preaching and encouraging you to serve Jesus at a higher level. But before we get to the Word today, I'd love the great privilege of honoring your pastors, Byron and Candace. They are such good people with amazing hearts and they love the local church and they love you too. And what I love most about them is that they are phenomenal leaders making a massive difference, not only to, to your church, but to the churches around the nation. And they, they are phenomenal at leading people and raising people to serve Jesus better. So I wanna encourage you, open up your hearts today, receive God's word, let him pour himself into you as we get to serve Jesus and move towards Jesus. But before we do that, Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the great privilege, the great honor of preaching the word to Thrive Church today. I pray that you'll lead my words, guide me as I preach and open up the hearts of everyone watching so that they can receive more from you and grow to be better people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, let me ask you this question as we kick off today. Have you ever heard the song Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel? Well, it was written a long time ago in 1971 and it won several prestigious awards. It won Grammy Awards for Best Song of the Year. It won Best Contemporary Song of the Year and it also won Best Album of the Year. Maybe Paul Simon's lyrics had something to do with it. Let's go through them. When you're weary, feeling small, when tears are in your eyes, I'll dry them all. I'm on your side, oh, when times get rough and friends can't be found, like a bridge over troubled waters... I'll lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. When you're down and out and when you're on the street, when evening falls so hard, I will comfort you. I'll take your part, oh, when darkness comes and pain is all around. Like a bridge over troubled water, I lay me down. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Sail on, silver girl, sail on by. Your time has come to shine and all your dreams are on their way. See how they shine. Oh, if you need a friend, I'm sailing right behind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I'll ease your mind. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will ease your mind. Well, these are words of encouragement for those going through difficult times for sure. And I feel that these lyrics apply just as well today as they did then. There are heaps of people and businesses being negatively impacted by the virus and the extremely important measures instituted to curb the spread. These factors are no doubt like troubled waters. Now, if we allow them to, these troubled waters could overwhelm us and drown us or even sweep us away. But there is hope. And that is what this message is all about. Uh, here's a question. What if there was a bridge over these troubled waters? Well, I believe there is. Think about bridges for a moment. Great bridges define cities. The Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. And what about the London Bridge or the Sydney Harbour Bridge or even Brooklyn Bridge in New York? Great bridges become icons of great cities. But the greatest bridge of all time isn't a physically engineered bridge, but a bridge that shaped not just a city, but the entire universe. This bridge, metaphorically, Jesus. So let's unwrap this idea and let's think about bridges a little more. 
Well, I imagine that many of us have travelled across a bridge in some form, perhaps on holidays or to work and back. And if you've ever travelled across a bridge, I'm sure that you will certainly have noticed that a bridge was carrying you over something, over an obstacle or over some form of danger. And I'm sure that you would also fully understand that the bridge was designed to move us from one place to another as safely and as effectively as possible. Uh, Bridges have purpose. In fact, the, the, the dictionary defines bridges in two ways. The first way is that a bridge is defined as something that is intended to reconcile or form a connection between two things. The second definition is that a bridge is a structure carrying a road, path, railroad, or canal across a ravine or a river or a road or a railroad or any other obstacle. Well, Jesus fits both those definitions, doesn't he? Let me, let me explain it this way. Jesus was sent by God to reconcile and form a relationship or a connection between God and man and, of course, man and man. He carries or moves people from one place to another. Uh, The spiritual parallel between Bridges and Jesus is what we'll be talking about over the next few messages, because if we can trust in Jesus, the bridge over troubled waters, we are less likely to be swept away by the troubled waters of the chaos around us, and the more likely we are to get to where we intend to get to. So as we paint this metaphor today, I, I, I want to examine some of these ideas about bridges and the overlap with Jesus, which I fully hope and fully trust will be of significant value to you. So let's have a look at the first comparison. Jesus, like a bridge, spans obstacles. The night before Jesus was crucified, he was having a meal with his closest friends. We know them as his disciples. Uh, And this meal we now refer to as the Lord's Supper. He was explaining that he would be betrayed, that Peter, his closest friend, would deny him and the other friends would also betray him and deny him. And he was going to be with his father in heaven soon. This was an overwhelming obstacle in front of these men. Think of it this way. Their entire world was being turned upside down. Their plans for their immediate future no longer made sense, nor were they of any real value. And thirdly, they faced a time of dire uncertainty. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? Each and every one of us have had plans and goals and dreams that have been turned on their head right now. This can freak us out like it freaked out his friends. So Jesus comforted them by teaching them a very powerful truth. And this truth was recorded by one of Jesus' closest friends, a guy by the name of John. And in John 14, verse one, we read this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Look at this. Trust in God and trust also in me. For these men, and certainly for us too, Jesus teaches that in all circumstances, trust is a bridge over the fears of troubled waters. Think of it like this. Without trust, there is little meaningful connection to a brighter future. Without trust, an obstacle can't be crossed. And without trust, we cannot move forward. So we need to trust Jesus as the bridge who will carry us over the troubled waters we face right now. All of those things that lay between us and and the desired destinations we have. Because no matter what circumstance you face, no matter the obstacle in your path, Jesus is the bridge to the other side. Think of these things about bridges. A bridge reconciles the gap between two points. When we need to go from one point to another over a large expanse, a bridge makes it possible. Now look at Jesus. He reconciles the gap between us and God. The greatest obstacle in our path to God is the sin that separates us from a relationship with him. And he spans that. Also, Jesus provides hope when we're faced with fear and anxiety. And once again, we see that in the life of Jesus and his closest friends, when there was a point in their time that Jesus had to help them have more hope. In Mark 4, 35, we read this. 
As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in their boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. I want to pause for a moment by saying this. Notice in this moment that when they were on the journey to go to the other side, they took Jesus with them. Here's a question. Do we take Jesus with us through our journeys through life? It's a great question. Verse 37. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping on the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? In verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the water, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was great calm. Jesus, when his friends asked him to, brought peace and calm to the troubled waters. And this is no different to each and every one of us in our current circumstances. It can be true for us. And even though we're navigating troubled waters at the moment, there is hope because of Jesus. And we can learn three short lessons from the disciples in this particular moment. Three things that we can learn from them as they faced the storm. Look at this. Number one, they took Jesus with him. Number two, in times of trouble, they never abandoned ship. They called on him. They called on Jesus' name. And number three, he calmed the storm and they got to the other side. There are massive obstacles, storms, if you like, that lie before us right now. These troubled waters are difficult to navigate and will certainly test our faith. But like the disciples, we can get to the other side if we simply ask Jesus to get into our boat and if we take him with us. So let's be people that follow the disciples' initiative. Let's be people that take Jesus with us every day. How do we do that? Well, be cognizant of his presence. Focus on building a daily relationship with him. Talk with him. Pray with him. Engage with him. Uh, Don't give up in panic when the waters seem desperately challenging. Instead, call on him. If you have him in your boat, so to speak, He's really near, ready to respond. Just ask. And as you do, he will calm the storm and he will calm the environments that are difficult and he will calm the situations that are causing you panic and fear. He will calm the current storm. It will come to an end. And of course, you will get to the other side. Why? Because Jesus is the bridge that carries us over troubled waters. Well, here's the second comparison. Jesus, like a bridge, defies nature. Well, think about bridges for a moment. Bridges by nature defy nature in that they overcome their natural conditions. Uh, Bridges defy gravity in a sense. Think of a ravine for a moment, cut by the force of water over time. Yet a bridge confidently unites one side to the other. Bridges overcome the very result of troubled waters. Well, Jesus, on the other hand, defies nature in that he isn't limited or restricted by it. Well, there are lots of examples of this. He walked on water. He raised the dead. He healed the lame and even storms obeyed him. He defied the very natural forces that were trying so hard, so intently to to pull him down. For us, this means that no matter what storm we're facing, Jesus can overcome it. He's not limited by Corona, for example. He's not limited by the economy. He's not limited by fear or uncertainty. So if we feel like we're bobbing around in a fierce storm of troubled waters, we can rely on him. We can rely on him to get us to the other side. And it's important that you recognize today that I'm not suggesting that we ignore the enormity of what we're facing. I'm not suggesting that we ignorantly move forward without caution and wisdom. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that we should blunder along without taking precautions. But what I am saying is that in the midst of all of this, careful thought and wisdom needs to be put in place. But amongst all of that, we can put our full trust in Jesus to get us to the other side. Said differently, don't wade through the troubled waters hoping for the best. Instead, 
cross the bridge. Walk across the bridge instead. Navigate the the troubled waters in the arms of Jesus because as we do, we will get to the other side. And lastly, Jesus like a bridge works best when trusted. Unless we trust a bridge, we can't, or even worse, won't cross it. Every great bridge of the world, icons in their respective cities have something in common. They are trusted. They were purposed to meet a need and that's what people trust them to do. Jesus' purpose was to bring life to humanity and that's what we need to trust him to do. Jesus told us in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And he said this of himself, I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Well, the troubled waters we're navigating aim to steal from us, to destroy what we've worked for and wreak havoc everywhere. But inversely, Jesus has come to bring a full, productive and meaningful life. That's his promise. We may not yet have it, but it's a promise we can trust. Another fantastic example of this is the great leader, Abraham. He faced troubled waters, and even when he didn't see a positive outcome, he trusted God. We actually see this written about in the book of Romans, chapter 419. Without weakening his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God. For he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Well, this is true for you and me as well. Even though we haven't seen breakthrough yet, even though the storm still feels like it's raging, and even though the waters are still so troubled, we can beyond a shadow of a doubt believe that Jesus, that God has the power to get us through to the other side. All we need to do is trust him. So as we close, let's revisit Paul Simon's lyrics one more time. Like a bridge over troubled water, I will lay me down. Well, isn't that exactly what Jesus did? Jesus chose to lay down his life for you and me. And the question is, are you going to put his trust in him to do that for your life? Because when you do, you will definitely get to the other side. So before we end today, I'd like to pray for two groups of people. The first, if you'd like this courage, this belief to cross over with Jesus to the other side, let me pray for you. I want to pray for courage. I want to pray for wisdom for you and your businesses and your families. And I'd like to pray for opportunities and breakthrough. Come, let's pray. Father, I thank you today that you are the bridge to the other side. I pray that we will have the courage and the tenacity to continue to put our trust in you. I pray for everyone watching today that they will step out and step onto you, Jesus, the bridge that will cross over to the other side. Lord, I pray that you'll give every single business owner unique supernatural wisdom to navigate the troubled waters before them. Help them to recognize opportunities. I pray that you'll bring customers that pay, that there'll be an influx of opportunity and good paying uh, suppliers and customers. Father, I pray for every person at home today who is struggling, isolated and shut down in their homes. I pray that you'll give them confidence and courage and hope. Lord, I pray for all of those infected with the virus. I pray that you'll bring healing to them too, that no matter where they are, no matter where they find themselves, that your healing hand will be on their lives. Father, I pray too that you'll bring an end to the spread, that you'll bring us courage to continue through life despite the worries we face. And most of all, I pray that you will help us to recognize the great love you have for us. 
I pray for your blessing and your touch on every person's life. In Jesus' name. There's a second group of people that I'd love to pray for today. And this is directed to you if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. You know that we've spoken about Jesus being the bridge to the other side, but what needs to be said now is that Jesus is the bridge over our sin to God for eternity. So if you would like to invite Jesus Christ into your life for the very first time today, I'd love to give you the privilege of doing that. Why is that important? Well, Jesus tells us a couple of things. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. He also says this, he who believes has everlasting life. Now, those two phrases tie together. You see, if you and I want a relationship with God in eternity, we need to step onto the bridge that is Jesus who crosses the great divide between God and humanity. And how do we do that? Well, that was the second statement Jesus made. You need to believe. So what do you need to believe? Simple as this. Can you get your mind around the fact that Jesus is the Son of God? that he lived on this planet for 33 years, never once fell short of God's standards, and he allowed himself to be brutally crucified. He died and he was buried. But three days later, God through the power of the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. And if you and I can accept that, if you and I can believe that, we can step into a new eternity, a new opportunity, a new life relationship with God. How do we do that? Well, Jesus even tells us this. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock and he who hears and opens the door and invites me in, I'll dine with him and he with me. So wherever you are today, wherever you're watching, can I encourage you to open up the door of your heart and invite Jesus in? Because if you're willing to do that, you're starting to walk across the bridge of Jesus Christ to a new eternal destiny. So wherever you are, let's pray. Father, I pray for every single person today who wants to make that decision. Lord, I ask that you'll meet with each and every one of us right where we are. Help us to sense your presence tangibly in all of our homes, and no matter what device we're watching. Father, I pray that you'll give every single person the courage to invite you in. I pray that you'll meet with each of them tangibly. So no matter where you're watching today, can I encourage you to repeat this after me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my mistakes. But today I invite you into my heart. I believe that you are God's son and that you died for me. And from this day forward, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www dot thrivechurch dot co dot